Let's talk about Riverside.fm, the leading podcast and video creation platform that's changing the game on how creators record content. Riverside.fm allows you to record studio quality audio and up to 4K video on their platform. Now you can interview a guest a thousand miles away and it'll sound like you're sitting in the same room. It's as easy to use as Zoom, but gives much higher quality audio and video recordings. Did we mention that they have a mobile app? This allows guests to connect directly from their phone and record content from anywhere. After your content is finished, you can easily grab clips to share them across your social media channels. So if you're looking for a hero platform for all your recording needs, from podcasts to webinars to other video content, you should be using Riverside FM. Sign up today so you can focus on your content and leave the quality to Riverside FM. Use promo code SHIPIT and receive a 30% discount on your first three months of your subscription. That's promo code SHIPIT to receive a 30% discount on the first three months of your subscription. Back to the show. Welcome to episode number 67 of the Giant Take Podcast. I'm Josh, and I'm always joined by my co-host, Alex. We're here for another game preview. New York Giants versus Arizona Cardinals. We also have an interview for you with Catherine Fitzgerald from uh, Arizona Central, and also I think it's the Arizona Republic. Uh, So that'll be coming up for you in a bit. But Alex, he's with me right now for this intro. We have the Giants versus the Browns next week getting moved to Sunday Night Football. But that shouldn't be what we start with. Daniel Jones seems to be starting for the Giants on Sunday. Right now, it seems the New York Giants are optimistic in his return versus the Arizona Cardinals. Um, Joe Judge said in a press conference the other day, we'll see what we'll do with him. We'll see him move around Wednesday. We're optimistic. I know he's going to tell us everything we want to hear. Again, we have to use our eyes instead of our ears with Daniel. So we're going to put him out there and give him chance to a chance to progress very exciting news. I think we should start with that like I already did. Alex, how are you today? Yeah, I wasn't feeling so great before that, but now that you just said that, I'm in a totally different mood, and I'm very excited for this weekend's game against the Cardinals. Um, you know, we'll see what happens. Hopefully, we can continue our win streak to five games. I, you know, doubt it, but we'll see in our score predictions later um, what I actually think. And it's going to be an interesting game. The Cardinals obviously have a high-powered offense. They have a decent, not greatish defense. Um, and, and hopefully we can stop Kyler Murray. Obviously, another element of his game is that he's able to run. Um, so we're going to have to look out for that, as we are going to have to look out for that later with Lamar Jackson when we play them, um, Week 16, I believe. And, yeah, so it's going to be a tough game. And James Bradbury is going to have his work cut out for him. And it, overall, it's going to be a tough game. Um, for the Giants, and hopefully we come out with the win. Yeah, one thing we should also mention, Alex, since you mentioned the Baltimore Ravens, um, we should give you get, give everyone an NFC East standings update with the correct Alex, <laughs> correct Alex, um, not correct in the standing or the uh, game picks aspect because you did pick the Steelers, but on Monday's episode, 
Alex did say, I can feel an upset coming with Washington and the undefeated Pittsburgh Steelers no more. So I would like to give Alex credit for that. Alex will speak in a minute. Don't worry about it. So the Arizona, or Arizona, the Washington football team without a name are five and seven. But again, Giants, uh, you know, have the tiebreaker of two games. So they're fine there. They're still top of the NFC East. And the Arizona, uh, oh my gosh, I'm really excited to talk about the Arizona Cardinals. The Dallas Cowboys are now three and nine after the loss of the Baltimore Ravens, which looked like a super team against them, rushing the ball. Wonderful game from Gus Edwards and um, J.K. Dobbins. So, yeah, that's your little NFC East uh, preview. Now we'll give it to Alex. He's very excited to give you his little speech here. You know, I think, Josh, you're going to have to take a hard look at yourself in a second because the clip is about to be played right now, what I said and what you said in reaction. Let's go to the clip right now. You're telling me you see the Washington football team winning? I would tell you you are wrong. This is going to get thrown in my face. I really hope not on Thursday's episode. But come on. You're telling me you see a team in the Dallas Cowboys going out there and beating the Baltimore Ravens? No. You see the Washington football team going out there and beating the undefeated 11-0 and Pittsburgh Steelers? Alex is giving me a thumbs up. So I, you, have this, you have the Steelers winning this one. I put it in my official predictions on Thursday's episode that the Steelers are going to win, but I'm feeling an upset. Don't be shocked if the Washington football team beat the Pittsburgh Steelers tomorrow. Oh, Josh, that didn't sound so good for you, did it? You know what? You know what? I mean, what are you... Okay. I'm just going to... We're just going to move on. All right, that's it. That takes up all your time because um, I don't need to hear it. Um, other other injuries for the New York Giants. We hear that Blake Martinez is not doing so well. Um, once again, we record our preview episodes on Wednesday. So here's your injury update for Wednesday. Uh, limited in today's practice was quarterback Daniel Jones with a hamstring injury and defensive back Darnay Holmes with a knee injury. The people who did not practice today was defensive back Madre Harper with a knee injury. Um, linebacker Blake Martinez with a back injury. That is not good. Not good at all. We'll get into that in a minute. Offensive tackle Matt Parrott with the ankle injury. Um, the Giants held a walkthrough today on Wednesday. So that is your injury update. Uh, Blake Martinez, I'll get into it right now. Tackle leader for the Giants. Very good player. Very good signing so far. Um, and it seems like, like I, like I normally say, once a player normally does not practice on Wednesday – it means they're most likely out on Sunday. I mean, it also depends on the injury. It does not seem like Blake Martinez is heading the right direction for Sunday's game, and that's a really, really big loss for the Giants. Yeah, and if you look at that position, the other options we have there are, let's just say, not ideal. Um, You know, we can obviously have, you know, Jabril Peppers come in there, maybe Xavier McKinney come in there once in a while to play kind of a pseudo-linebacker role, but... Otherwise, you got David Mayo, who, no offense to David Mayo, is not that great. And uh, Devontae Downs, who's been okay. Um, so, you know, Blake Martinez is really the uh, the stronghold of that defense. And it, it, it's going to be a shame if he's not there. And I think it'll be really hard, um, especially with a mobile quarterback like Kyler Murray. You might see him in a position where he has to chase him down. And David Mayo chasing him down doesn't make me feel um, as comfortable as if like Martinez was. All right, so I think we should uh, talk about the Arizona Cardinals a little bit here. I get to it in the interview, but 
we'll, we'll mention it a little bit here. Um, and this will kind of transition into our three points. So let's go three points. I think Alex is ready for that. He's good with that. Um, first point is going to be James Bradbury. James Bradbury is most likely going to be on DeAndre Hopkins. If it's not 100%, it's most likely 99. Um, you got to hope James Bradbury wins that battle. Uh, he did basically against DK Metcalf. I know Metcalf did uh, the the amount of yards he had didn't really go to the amount of catch or the amount of uh, targets that he had. He did have five catches for, I believe like 80 yards. So it did look kind of good on the, on the stat sheet, but James Bradbury locked him up for most of that game. Um, my second point is going to be beat the odds. The giants going into this game are 2.5 underdogs. Um, Bet MGM had the Cardinals at 2.5 road favorites in this game. So, you know, let's beat the odds. I mean, it, it doesn't come up in my score prediction. I don't know about Alex, but let's hopefully beat the odds. And then my third point, and this is where I'm going to bring in the um, Arizona Cardinals defense into this one, is going to be 100 yards rushing. Let's get more than 100 yards rushing. Um, when it comes to NFL team opponent rushing yards per game against the Arizona Cardinals, they rank 22 on that list. And then in yards per game, the Arizona Cardinals rank 6 on that list. So they obviously allow a lot of yards per game, and you got to hope the Giants capitalize on this, and they get a lot of yards in the air and on the ground, but mainly rushing because that's where we've really been, you know, doing very well at. So once again, the three points, James Bradbury, let's see if he can, James Bradbury, let's hope he can lock up DeAndre Hopkins. Let's beat the odds of the 2.5 underdogs going into this game, but we do like the underdog mentality. I mean, let's be honest here. Um, it was very good to see improving all the media people wrong, um, including us when the Giants won that game against Seattle. And then over 100 yards rushing for the Giants' main two rushing uh, running backs of Wayne Gallman. And Alfred Morris did not think I was going to say that um, this week in week 14. Did not expect that. Yeah, hopefully Wayne Gallman, Alfred Morris do well on the ground there. D-Hop locking, uh, or James Bradbury locking up DeAndre Hopkins. And, uh, you know, the odds aren't, terrible I think two and a half not terrible to be honest I think the the odds are getting better for the Giants but let's push it so next game we're in favor uh or the odds in our in are in our favor um but moving on to my score prediction this is a tough one very tough one the Arizona Cardinals are a high scoring team I don't think we're gonna be able to stop them we saw the Rams last week who have a very good defense they only uh, they were only able to, uh, you know, the Cardinals got 28 points on them, and that's quite a bit. So I'm going to say they're going to get somewhere around that again. I think the Cardinals are going to get 24 points, and I think the Giants will get 21 points. I'm going to go for a Giants loss, 24-21. Um, I think the Cardinals will win, hopefully. I've said every time the Giants uh, were going to, I have one. They, I told them they're going to lose, so hopefully it continues and the Giants win. But I am predicting a Giants loss um, by a slight margin. Yeah. So to the to the first point you mentioned about next week, we're playing the Browns, Alex. So I don't expect us to be favorites in that game next week. But we are prime time Sunday night football once again. Prime time for the New York Giants. So I guess that's exciting for anyone who wants to watch them uh, Sunday night. So there you go. You have that. Uh, and then to the second thing, very close on the picks. Uh, I guess we have the same type of mind. Um, we did not go through this before recording, so this is very funny. Same score for the Cardinals, 24 points, 17 for the Giants, 24-17 final. 
And I think the, the Arizona Cardinals win this game. I think they pull it off. And I mean, it wouldn't be surprising. But the thing is, going into this game, you have the Arizona Cardinals, who I believe are on a three-game winning streak. And you have the New York the three-game losing streak. Sorry, I'm thinking of the New York Giants because we're just playing so well that I'm just confusing teams at this point. I've been thinking of the Cardinals so much this episode. The Arizona Cardinals are on a three-game losing streak. The New York Giants are on a four-game winning streak. So let's see who continues their streak after this game. I think that's a good transition. Let's go to our interview with Catherine Fitzgerald. We are back now with a very special guest, Catherine Fitzgerald. She's an Arizona Republic writer. You can go follow her on Twitter at kfitz134. Catherine, how's it going today? Good. How about you, Josh? I'm good. I'm good. I'm I'm excited to preview this game. Giants uh, were able to beat the Seattle Seahawks, making this game seem a little bit more winnable. We we went into this game kind of thinking there's no chance. Um, and now we're going in thinking, you know, there is kind of a chance and we're going to be able to see uh, our former friend, Marcus Golden, um, who we, um, you know, who you guys acquired for, I think it was a fifth round, six, six round pick. Um, and um, yeah, we'll be able to see him. And, you know, DeAndre Hopkins has very much helped the Cardinals, I know, and you'll definitely be able to go into that. So I think, I think it's an, ex- it's an exciting game. So I'm happy that I'm able to preview it with you. Yeah, a lot to watch for. And um, I got to know Marcus Golden the first time he was in Arizona too. And he's so enthusiastic and energetic. So it's it's been nice from the Arizona side to see that energy back in the lot or, you know, on the team in the locker room again. Yeah. So I guess I'll, I'll start off with that. Uh, I first want to, you know, get your background, how you were able to get a job with or working, um, covering the Arizona Cardinals. And then I guess like the two part second half to that question is, you know, how it's been doing covering this team during the coronavirus with the zoom meetings um and and just meeting with the coaches and players all throughout zoom and kind of having to take those quotes that you get from them um you know and kind of putting that to to paper i guess you could say yeah it's a great question because i think it's something we're all still kind of trying to solve this year and um my answers to both are kind of tied together in that this is my third season covering the cardinals so my first year covering them was when they were three and 13. Um, so I think that really made me pretty quickly realize how, you know, how to write a story when players don't necessarily want to talk to you, how to just squeeze everything out of an interview when things are not going well for a team. And, you know, there's a lot of days where there's just not guys hanging around the locker room when you're there for availability. So I think that's helped set me up a bit for this year, which has been pretty challenging, but it's been really interesting to see the growth over these three years. Um, personally, I started at the Arizona Republic a few months before um, that 2018 season and was covering kind of all the pro teams in general, but also a lot of high school sports and just everything in Arizona in general. But once training camp started, was heavy on the Cardinals beat and now have been um, covering them fully for a bit and seeing you know, that change from Steve Wilkes and Sam Bradford to Josh Rosen to now Cliff and Kyler. Um, It's really interesting to watch just from a 
a football perspective and, and see what the team is still trying to build. Obviously, they're not quite there yet, um, but it has been challenging this year too, trying to figure out all the best ways to, to get to know guys over Zoom. Um, I still haven't met DeAndre Hopkins in person and he's, you know, a huge part of this team and a, a part of this franchise's future. So just speaking to him, um, you know, in a little video box over a computer isn't quite the same, but that being said, it's still been fun to, to get to know the new players, um, whether it's someone like Hopkins, the rookies, other guys that they've signed or traded for, and it'll be really nice and refreshing to eventually talk to them in person too. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, I want to follow up with that. Are you, or have you been able um, to do some like one-on-one -on -one interviews with players or is it, has it just been all, all of the media? Cause for the giants, it's been all of the media uh, in one zoom call, you know, asking questions and getting called on. So, you know, how has it been with uh, covering the Cardinals? It's been, I would say 95% all in those zoom calls. Um, I've had a couple one-on-ones. I did a really fun feature story at the beginning of the season about how the Cardinals um, starting during quarantine, we're all playing video games together and it made them really close and just a bit more tight knit. And so I talked to Chase Edmonds, um, who, you know, running back who had a big game against the Giants last year for that, just, um, cause he's so entertaining and just getting to pick his brain a bit more on that. And a few other stories, um, for slightly deeper pieces, I've been able to talk to guys one-on-one, -on -one, but it is, like you said, 95% of it is these Zoom calls where everyone's there hearing every question and answer. So then trying to, to find ways to make my stories and my coverage stand out um, has been a challenge, but um, you know, pros and cons. So I want to go now to a player that we know is coming back for the Cardinals defensive tackle, Jordan Phillips. He's going to return from IR in this game. And I believe before that uh, at the defensive tackle position, you had, uh, Angela Blackson in there. Um, I don't know if they were, you know, splitting and that's why you're here to let me know, um, you know, how is that going to impact this game on Sunday with the return of Jordan Phillips? Yeah, the D-line as a whole has been such a, a storyline this year. Um, and even, you know, extending across the defense, it's just been so injury ridden. Um, but it was kind of certain position groups all at the same time. So like, it felt like one week, all the safeties were hurt, the D-line all at the same time. Um, I think Jordan Phillips, you know, even just in the time he's had this first year with the Cardinals, um, he's made a pretty big impact. And I think too, even just last week when he was still injured, being out at practice and kind of like high-fiving guys, getting him amped up, um, you see that side of it too. But as far as on the field as well, you know, there was a point this season when, um, you know, the three guys they had out there were all guys who they either signed during training camp or like brought back from a while. So just having less experience and less time playing together, I think was a big factor too. Um, Angelo Blackson ended up making a splash when he debuted earlier this season, I believe had a sack in his first NFL or his first Cardinals game. Um, but I think still just, they haven't really had continuity on the defensive line this year. And so um, getting Phillips back will maybe stabilize that a little bit. Any update on Larry Fitzgerald? Um, you know, he, he's been battling an injury for the past few weeks. Do you know anything about that going into Sunday? Yeah, so he was back at practice today. Um, he had been on that reserve COVID-19 list after testing positive. Um, we're going to talk to him 
Thursday to hear a bit more about what his experience was like. It, it sounds like luckily his symptoms weren't too bad or anything like that, but obviously um, still isolating, missing that time. So um, he usually has a veterans day off on Wednesdays, but was out there practicing today just to, to get back in the swing of it. And I think it'll be interesting to see what that does. You know, everyone knows his career as a whole, the body of work, he's a future hall of famer, but this season with the Cardinals, his, um, you know, they hadn't had him quite as involved. And some of that was natural from adding a DeAndre Hopkins to your roster, um, stuff like that. But Cliff Kingsbury again and again was like, well, we need to get Larry more involved. Um, he had quite a few games. He had one game with one catch for no gain. So zero yards, which is unheard of for Larry Fitzgerald. Um, but I think too, just having, you know, again, that veteran presence, someone who's been the face of a franchise for so long, there's a bit of an emotional level there too. And I think just getting him back from that COVID list will be, be big for this team. Um, however they decide exactly to use him on the field. So, you know, I don't, I don't want to get too into the losing streak right now, but you guys are on a, a three game losing streak or the Cardinals are on a three game losing streak. Right. So how do you think they'll bounce back against the giants on Sunday? Because now they've won four games in a row. Um, and, and the giants have been kind of discredited when, when it comes to, um, you know, media coverage saying that, okay, we lost to a team such as the Washington football team. Right. We, or we won against the Washington football team. Uh, we beat the Philadelphia Eagles, and then we beat the Cincinnati Bengals team uh, the week after they lost Joe Burrow, and they're starting a practice squad quarterback. Uh, you know, coming into the Seattle game, having, you know, no one vote uh, for, the, for the Giants, really, on, on any, any um, website you look at, and they got the win. So, you know, going to this game, like I said in the, in the intro, that I'm actually not confident, but I see a chance um, – and the Cardinals in their last three, to be fair, um, you know, they played the Seattle Seahawks actually, and they played the LA Rams and they played the new England Patriots who, you know, they've looked on and off this season, but how do you think, you know, they rebound going into this Sunday? Yeah, I think it's a huge storyline what's been happening lately. And particularly, you know, they've lost the last three games, but they've also lost four of the last five. And that one win was the Hale Murray, which was so exciting to watch, but they almost lost five in a row when you look at it that way. You know, they were a play away from a five-game um, losing streak. And that, after they had started five and two, is kind of definitely a cause for concern. I think part of it is that they're still figuring out how this offense is going to work. And heading into the season, I think, you know, a lot of people had kind of tempered expectations of like, okay, it's year two. Kyler Murray is going to take a step. They added Hopkins. They solidified the defense like this team's going to be better but they're still a little bit off from being um you know as explosive as they probably will be in the future and then they kind of made that big leap out to five and two and I think a lot of people were like well they're they've exceeded all expectations they've they've got it figured out and I think a lot of stuff was kind of masked by that early those early wins where um you know there's still a lot they have to do to play a complete game. Um, and so I think it's kind of what they do the end of the season will be really interesting to me. Um, ahead of the season, I, if I'm remembering correctly, I think my prediction for the newspaper was eight and eight. And so I kind of thought like, okay, they're gonna, you know, win more than last year, certainly, but they're still not fully putting everything together. And I think 
as a franchise, you know, the next few years, they're close to that. But, but right now, I think there's still a lot for this team to figure out, especially considering how weird this offseason was. Um, they brought in so many new faces who didn't even practice together until August. And I think sometimes because that happened with every team, it doesn't seem like as big a deal, but pretty big deal for all teams. So for rookies, for new players to still be um, just kind of building that chemistry, finding out their role in this team. I think it makes sense that there's been kind of that lag in some spots. Yeah. And I mean, we previewed um, the Rams game, the Giants had them on their schedule and the Seahawks game last week. This NFC West division is the toughest in football. I mean, on a good day when the 49ers don't have basically their whole team injured, you know, week after week, this, this division is the best in the NFL. And I, and I can still make a debate for it is uh, this season. So, I mean, coming in with a six and six record uh, coming into this game, uh, do you see Kyler Murray stepping up, right? A player like that, DeAndre Hopkins, the Giants defense has been, you know, pretty much rock solid. We had one game early against San Francisco 49ers. And that was about it um, where they gave up a good amount of points. I think it was like 34 or something. It was a really bad final score, but um, you know, they were able to settle the Seahawks um, offense down Russell Wilson, DK Metcalf, Chris Carson, Tyler Lockett, those guys, um, you know, what do you see from like a Kenyon Drake, Kyler Murray and DeAndre Hopkins in this one? Yeah. I think to me, what's interesting about it is, they are best when all of those options can happen at any moment. And that to me is why the question about does Kyler Murray need to be running is so significant where I don't think they need him to be running so much, but what they need is for opposing defenses to always think that he can, that keeps them on their toes. That makes them play him a bit more honestly, where if they know that Kyler can take off at any minute that opens up so much, for a Kenyon Drake, for a DeAndre Hopkins, for a Christian Kirk. And so when you look at his last few games, um, you know, when his, to me, I think it's a bit more interesting to look at the number of carries versus the number of yards, just in the sense of how often is he just going to go for it? And I think that's when um, the dual, dual threat is most successful is when a defense is kind of caught off guard and stuff like that. So that's where I think they need to refigure that out for these final four games um, because this offense has shown how explosive it can be. But to do that, they need to better involve everyone. Um, you know, even DeAndre Hopkins didn't have a catch in the first half um, against the Rams. There was a significant pass interference call, which he's made the strong argument should count towards fantasy stats, should count towards stuff like that. And it does, you know, move the chains. It keeps the team on the field. So it's significant, but still for him to have all eight of his catches in the second half. Um, you know, part of that was the offense was just stalling out again and again. They had four three and outs in a row against the Rams. But um, I think if they can just flesh out all of that on the offense, that will lead to the chunk plays that they've been missing the last few games where they've been losing these games too. You mentioned Kyler Murray a little bit earlier, progression year one to year two. You think Kyler Murray's progressed uh, in, in year two? Oh yeah, I think he took a big jump and um, it's been really fun to watch too. Again, just from anyone who appreciates football, I think some of the plays that you watch him make, particularly on the ground where he's, you know, I think we throw out the phrase breaking ankles pretty easily, but like, 
think he was breaking a lot of ankles <laughs> and um, just to see, you know, how he's had so many games. Um, I forget the most recent stat, but where he's had both thrown for a touchdown, run for a touchdown. Again, it, it makes a defense play him a bit more honestly when he can do it himself. He has receivers who are so capable too. And I think once they can kind of shore that up on the offense again, get back to where they were early in the season, um, it just makes the team so dynamic. But yeah, I definitely think he's taken a big step. Um, you know, even in just kind of his awareness, he he has been hit a bit more the last few weeks. And um, obviously there was that hit during the Seattle game that shook him up a bit. But I think, you know, when he was tied among the most sacked quarterbacks in 2019 to take this step where now um, just understanding the speed of the game and not letting himself get hurt. Um, that's obviously huge for this franchise too. Score prediction for Sunday, Cardinals versus Giants. What is it? Oh, I didn't seem <laughs> ready with one of these. I do think the Cardinals are going to get back on track and win this one. Um, I think especially, you know, just having a few players back and just being in a place where they, you know, I don't think having your back against the wall always translates to a win, but I think for this team to finally have something to play for in December is very different than the last few years. And I think, especially for someone like Kyler Murray, that's a huge motivating factor. So I think they'll get the win, maybe like a 27, 21. I don't, I don't like that you have the Giants giving up 27 points here personally. So, I mean, you know what, that's okay. And that's, that's okay. So all right. I, I think that that covers the Arizona side of it. We already got to it, the giant side in the intro. So we'll see what happens on Sunday. But Kath, for Catherine Fitzgerald, she is an Arizona Republic writer. You can go follow her on Twitter at kfitz134. Thank you so much for coming on today. Of course. Thank you for having me and excited to see what happens in the game. All right, welcome back from the Catherine Fitzgerald interview. We hope you enjoyed it. Let's go on to the outro, which you're here ready for. All right, NFL picks week 14. Let's start out by week 13. Alex went 12 and 2. Very commanding. I have to say right now, looking at all the other picks, that is the best record Alex has had all season. I went 9 and 5. Nice, consistent, not bad record. And um, not the best I've ever had. But uh, this is going to be... Not an interesting week of picks, and Alex will start you off with them. All right, so going into this week's picks, um, obviously this is not coordinated at all. I just found out now when I'm looking at the list of our names or our teams that we put um, for each week. It turns out that we have the exact same picks. So every single pick um, will be the same. So, yeah, it's going to be – yeah. So not very exciting for today's episode, but – we're still going to go through them and tell you who we have. Um, for Thursday Night Football, Rams, Patriots, we both have the Rams. Um, Vikings, Buccaneers, we both have the Bucks. Um, Cardinals, Giants, we are not going to go over that one um, because we already gave our score predictions. Um, Chiefs, Dolphins, we both have the Chiefs. Titans, Jaguars, we both have the uh, Titans, not the Jaguars. Um, Cowboys, Bengals. This one was a close one for me, but I'm going to go Cowboys. Josh went Cowboys as well, obviously. Um, Texans, Bears, we both have the Texans. Um, Broncos, Panthers, we both have the Panthers. 
Jets, Seahawks, they will not be winning anytime soon. Seahawks win there. Um, Colts and Raiders, um, that is going to be a Colts win. Josh, do you have the rest of them? Yeah, so moving on to the next game, it's going to be the San Francisco 49ers versus the Washington football team. I don't have them winning this game, Alex. Uh, you played the clip earlier. I did have them losing to the Steelers. That didn't go well. Um, 49ers in this one for both of us. Then next game, Saints-Eagles. I have the Saints winning this one. Uh, or we both have the Saints. This is weird. Uh, Falcons-Chargers both have the Falcons. Pa- uh, pa- Packers versus the Lions both have the Packers. Bills-Steelers, that'll be a good game. Sunday Night Football. Um, I, we both have the Bills. And then Browns-Ravens, another good game. Both have the Browns. So that's going to do it for our Week 14 picks. We'll see what happens next week. And, of course, we'll let you know on our game preview episode, Giants versus Browns. Once again, Sunday Night Football for that game. Um, so be excited for that. But also be excited for the GiantTake.com. Alex will have a new blog post out later this week, and he'll get into the GiantTake.com right about now. Yep, so you go to the GiantTake.com. It's our website. Go check it out. And there's all these different things you can do on it. Um, we have blog posts, as Josh just mentioned, so go check those out. Um, we have an episodes tab, so you can listen to all our episodes um, right when they come out. So make sure to go do that if you can't listen on Apple Podcasts um, or any other you know, mobile platform uh, of that sort. So I don't know why I'm going into that. Um, also, you can subscribe to our newsletter if you scroll to the bottom of the homepage, and that'll give you updates when there is new blog posts, episodes, anything important uh, will all be coming through there and also through Twitter, which Josh will mention later. Um, if you click support the podcast, uh, that'll take you to our Patreon, patreon.com slash the giant take. Um, there we have a $2 tier with uh, fan requests, private community, and a shout out on the podcast. Uh, and we'd really appreciate it if you checked it out. Thank you. Like I'm giving a speech. Josh, you can go now. <laughs> yeah, no, thank you. Go check out the giant take.com. That would be great. Um, all right, so Twitters, yeah, go follow Alex at a Norman23. Go follow me at Joshola29. Go follow at the Giant Take Pod on Twitter. While you're on Twitter, go follow Talking Blues Pod. That is a Chelsea FC podcast that Alex and I do with our friend Peter. Uh, we recap Chelsea games and preview Chelsea games, just like you have it here on the Giant Take Podcast. So go check that out, please, on Apple Podcasts and Twitter. Once again, at Talking Blues Pod, and go follow us at the Giant Take Pod. Biggest thing on there is you will get. Um, our game updates with you know third down stops and the end of the first quarter, second quarter, third quarter, and fourth quarter. Um, you know all the touchdown stuff like that. <laughs> I don't even know what to say anymore. But yeah, that's the greatest thing of following the Giant Take Pod on Twitter. So really appreciate a follow. Go follow us on Instagram at the Giant Take. And go follow us on Facebook at the Giant Take. Wherever you're listening. Please subscribe, drop a five-star rating and review wherever you're able to. Mainly Apple Podcasts really helps us out and gets us on the iTunes charts. Uh, would really be great. And um, yeah, share with one friend, share with friends and family, share on your social medias. If you're going to do it on Twitter, tag us at the Giant Take Pod so we know you did so. If you're going to do it on Instagram and Facebook, tag us at the Giant Take. That's going to do it for uh, this episode, I think. I, I don't, I don't think I have anything else. I feel like I say I think every single time, every single episode. So. I don't even know. And usually Alex doesn't even have anything. I don't have anything today and I probably won't have anything ever. Um, That's been a wrap for episode number 67 of the Giant Take Podcast. I've been your host, Alex, always joined by Josh. And we'll see you next episode with another Giants recap.
Welcome to the All 80s Movies Podcast. I'm Bill. And I'm Jason. And this is the podcast where we talk about the blockbusters, the flops, and everything in between from one of the freshest decades for movies, the 1980s. So whether you're a brain, a jock, a valley girl, or a Jedi, we've got some 80s classics for you. Do these movies stand the test of time? Are we discovering something new? Is there an 80s movie we're finally watching for the first time? Join us each week as we dive into the cinematic nostalgia that inspired and influenced a generation. From the hits to the cult classics, we'll discuss our earliest memories, favorite scenes, fun facts, and our not-so-favorite movie moments, too. It's the All 80s Movies Podcast, now available on all major streaming platforms. Please subscribe and happy listening.